You are listening to the Brave AF podcast. This is the place where we talk about what it takes to live a bold, brave, and badass life, which of course is the mindset behind it all. You're in the right place if you want to give fewer fucks about what other people think, quit the procrastination, stop the people pleasing, and release your tight grip on perfection. I know a thing or two about all of it. (laughs) I am your host, certified life coach and rebel, Zena Jones. And I am on a mission to help women lead brave as fuck lives whilst also having their own backs. So my friend, let's fucking go. Hello, my friends. We have got such a gift today. We have my friend Lizzie LaRocque on the podcast to talk about positive psychology and also how to use creativity in our day-to-day lives to bring more joy. So not only does she talk about how to increase the positivity in your life, but one of the things I really loved about this conversation is how she talked about pausing to actually experience the positivity you already have. Okay. Lizzie shares a lot of simple and easy to apply strategies to help us for find more enjoyment in each day. But wait till you hear about the fake perfection piece of this. Guys, I'm obsessed. <laughs> now, this is such a incredible conversation. I'm going to want to take notes when I re-listen. So if I want to take notes, my guess is you're probably going to want to take some notes too. <laughs> so, Here are a few things that you need to know about Lizzie before we dive in. Lizzie LaRocque is a coach, podcaster, and creator of the popular online and in the wild program, The Life Feast. Through her lively mashup of positive psychology, creativity, and smartphone photography, she helps people to find their spark, achieve goals, get out of their own way and find more joy all while making it feel like a playful adventure. Lizzie uses creativity to help people eradicate stress, bend time and uncover more meaning and purpose in their lives. In a previous life, she was a stressed out owner of a 300 seat pub and restaurant. (laughs) Now she's her living definition of a feisty life. She lives in a ski town in Colorado, US, with her husband, identical twin teenagers, and their fluffy white dog, who, if you follow her on Instagram, you will see, and is super cute. (laughs) When Lizzie is not leading the Life Feast workshops or coaching her clients, you can find her taking photos, sipping tea, skiing down mountains, or performing her parodied mum life (laughs) to 80s rock songs with her favorite theater group. I've seen it, guys. It's quite good. (laughs) So sit back, relax and enjoy this incredible episode with my friend Lizzie. Welcome back to the Brave AF podcast, everybody. We have got a super special guest today, which I am so excited about. Welcome to the show, Lizzie. Hi, Zena. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. We're excited that you're here. So do you want to start out, please, by telling us a little bit about who you are and what you do? 
Sure. Um, I'm Lizzie LaRock and I am a coach in applied positive psychology. And I also have been a photographer for, uh, gosh, well, I like to say since like the dark ages or the dark room ages, but it's been like 30 plus years. So I have a program, an online program that I teach this mashup of what I say, curiosity, awe, creativity, mindfulness through smartphone photography. So it's, Mm -hmm. it's a little bit of positive psychology, a little bit of photography combines both my worlds. And yeah, I'm, I, I live in Colorado in the U S as your listeners probably can guess. And my program's called the life feast. So I love to, I used to own a restaurant, so I use all the, the, Although I'm a terrible cook and I did not love owning a restaurant, but I, I still use all the food metaphors in my work. <laughs> I love it. So one of the things I wanted us to chat about today is the positive psychology element, because so many people who listen to the show tell me that they want to be more positive. And I'm super curious to hear from you, like, what is positive psychology? How can we apply that in our lives? Yeah. So positive psychology is the the science of flourishing it is the science of like getting unstuck and thriving in life so it's very similar to coaching in that sense which mm-hmm. i'm sure a lot of your listeners and you know your clients are are familiar with that aspect of of your work but so as we say in traditional psychology is really getting people from below baseline to baseline mm-hmm. and the positive psychology world really wants to answer the question, like what makes life worth living? Like what, how Mm. to optimize it. And it's getting people from baseline to North of neutral. So way Mm. above baseline, but I like to make the clarification that it's not about being positive all the time. Like we will put that in the category of that toxic positivity, like just Mm -hmm. look at the bright side. And then it's more about, prioritizing what's good, knowing how to get unstuck, being okay with the difficult emotions, like not labeling, for lack of a better word, negative <laughs> emotions as something bad in life, that it's it's permission to be human. It's the whole human experience. And that it it's really, whenever someone says like, oh, I was just channeling you and just being positive. And, and I was like, yeah, it's, it's not, that's not actually, um, what positive psychology is about. It's more being able to bend instead of break or being resilient Mm. by attending to the good more often, or doing these practices, these interventions, uh, that we have to offset, if you will, um, do we, are we allowed to share, swear in here? Oh, I guess please. Okay. Please. So, <laughs> just wanted to clarify. So offset like the shit show that life can, can be at times. And so they actually have like a, um, there's a researcher, Barbara Fredrickson. And what she says is that there's, you know, and it's not a, a perfect mathematical ratio, but in general, in, in thriving in life, you have to attend to or notice three good things for every one challenging thing in life. Mm. And Mm -hmm. that's, they refer to that as your, as your positivity ratio. So the question is like, how many times yesterday or last week did you 
you know, laugh or be curious or have fun or feel amused or inspired versus annoyed, stressed, frustrated. And, and we can usually think of the things that bother us in life a lot more easily than what's what what uplifts us and what makes us feel good. You know, they say, do you have um in New Zealand, do you have t- Teflon? Like, do you refer to do you know like a nonstick pan? Yeah, we just like, call it the nonstick pan. The nonstick <laughs> pan. Okay. So in in psychology, there's this metaphor of like the the difficult things in life stick to us like Velcro. And mm. the you know, wonderful things in life are like yay, that was good. And then they just slide right off of us like a nonstick pan. That is such a good analogy. Isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so so yeah. you think of it as when we attend to what's good and pay attention to it longer, it creates resilience because we're not getting caught up in the maelstrom yes. of like the last few years of how challenging that's been. Yes. Or at least- Oh, you guys so were in good. a better spot in the p- pandemic than we I mean, were over here. That's but. debatable, but for a while we were. <laughs> for a and while we you're like, we're living show. large over here. <laughs> yeah. I love what you said, like bend, not break. I think that's such a great like visual, but I want to come back to the three to one ratio. I remember when I was learning, I was in Toastmasters learning some public speaking skills and they would say that when you provide feedback to a speaker, you need to do it in a five to one ratio. So five good things to the one recommendation you've got, because all we do is we hold on to that negative and we dismiss everything wonderful that they said that we did, Like that's it. So I'm super curious with that in mind, the three to one ratio, what are some things that we can do to kind of stay in the the good. Like I was thinking about this as you were talking and I was like, one of the things my partner and I have started doing at night, instead of asking what went well today is saying, what are three things you're grateful for today? And it's different every single day, but like that really has changed the way I feel. Just that little question. And I've done gratitude before, but making it a regular practice at the end of a day when you know, you're focused on what you still got to get done or what you didn't finish or what didn't go well or that argument or what have you, like, it's actually a very powerful shift. Yeah, it is. So, so in, um, so I talk about a couple things within that context. Like Mm -hmm. one, I run this challenge every year called the gratitude gravy challenge. And in, um, in that I joke that, you know, there's like 12 different ways to practice gratitude because we can get bored of gratitude, right? Like yes. gratitude fatigue is real. So when you kind of have a gratitude practice, you're like, I'm grateful for my health and my mm-hmm. family and the roof over my head. Like, while you might still be grateful for those things, especially envisioning not having those, you know, in sort of like a difficult contrast, but Truly, like you start to get tired, sick of your own, own, you know, gratitude, pat answer. And when you add in the specificity, that's what makes it like a felt experience where you actually get that warm and fuzzy feeling. So in, in one of my favorite positive psychology practices is the three good things practice. So it's similar to three things you're grateful for with this slight caveat of it's saying, what were just three good things from your day? So, Mm -hmm. you know, you, you, 
sit down and you, when you start a three good things practice, it was first came out of university of Pennsylvania and Martin Seligman, the founder of positive psychology later researched, um, at Duke university here in the U S it's had really huge well-being benefits from just two weeks of every night before bed, writing out three specific good things from your day. So mm. somebody sent you a nice email or smiled at you or brought you a coffee. Like it doesn't have to be lottery ticket winning style. Yeah. <laughs> good, yeah. good thing. And when I first started practicing three good things years ago, I remember sitting down and we were in, um, I was in a text message group. So we were, I was with two other people that I sort of knew and we were supposed to text each other every night, which was fun because we were hearing other people's good things. But I remember just thinking like, oh God, nothing good happened today. Like this <laughs> went wrong. This, and it was, you know, the, and I'm, and I'm a pretty joyful person, but the natural disposition is to really recall all, you know, oh gosh, this, this. And when I started paying attention to the good things, I don't know if you found this with the, the gratitude practice with you and your partner, but it was like, four days into it, I'd start to notice in the morning, like, oh, I'm going to put this on my list tonight. Oh, I'm going to put yes. this one. Oh. And then I, at yeah. night I'd have like eight good things rather than, oh, I can't think of, of anything out mm -hmm. there. So, so that's truly, that's one of my all-time favorite, like little easy two minute practices mm. that, that you can do. But there are other ones, like you could just, um, write a text message right now to someone in your life that is meaningful to you and specifically write out why they're meaningful to you. Like mm. what, what you really appreciate about them, you know, rather than I'm grateful for your friendship, but to say like, it was so wonderful when you called me when I was going through that hard time or, yeah. or brought me dinner or whatever that is. And yeah. that specificity brings it to a new level in, in your gratitude practice. Ooh, Did that answer that. Your, your question? Ooh, yes, this is so good because it makes me think. Yesterday I had brunch with a friend and I took her out. It was it had been her birthday the week before and I wanted to take her out for brunch. And and during the the conversation, she was asking me about like Christmas and how it had gone. And I said, can I be really honest? And she's like, yeah. And I was like, okay, one of the days was a total shit show. And I just like unloaded on her yeah. and told her all these things. And she's like, I'm so glad you opened up. I totally relate to this. And like, it was such a good conversation. Mm -hmm. And afterwards I text her and I said, you know what? Like, I so value you like, uh, like allowing me to do that. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, like holding the space for me and being super kind and, like letting me be really vulnerable about that because I haven't really talked to many people yeah. about what happened that day. So I was like, thank you for that. And she valued that and it like made her day. And I was like, yes, oh, this is just yes. we, So we call that the upward spiral of positivity mm. where you're just like, yes, and thank you. Yes. Thank you. And, you know, like there, I used to have this favorite waiter that he would joke and he'd be like, thank you for thanking me. Thank you for thanking me. Thank you for thanking me for thanking me. It was a silly yes. meta practice, but really like, it starts so so what we say in positive psychology too is really these different practices when you get that upward spiral but like between you and your friend is that they they broaden and build your world so mm. positive emotions don't have specific actions related to them as opposed to say survival stress-based emotions so if mm -hmm. you think of if you're in a, a stress state and you're experiencing air quote 
negative emotions, right? Like for yeah. lack of a better word, you're, you're limited to, to just a few really direct responses, like fight, flight, freeze. Mm -hmm. And with positive emotions, it's like, oh, wow. What specific action do you take when you feel joy or gratitude? Mm -hmm. Like there, there aren't, it, it actually helps you access your creativity. It's more um, resources for problem solving. It's mm -hmm. like, oh, you want to just go hug someone or, or be pro-social or do, do something yeah. nice for, for someone else. So it's, it's, um, it's a tool for creativity. It's a tool for yeah. well-being. And that's not to say that, as I said, like the, the negative emotions have their place of yeah, helping sure. us survive in yeah. dangerous times. Um, so there's just that, that contrast between yeah. what they mean in our, yeah. in our well-being. Oh, that's super interesting. I was getting the visual of like, it's kind of like when you're in those negative emotions, you might be like more in a box with what you can yeah. and can't do. Whereas you, when you're in the positive emotions, your actions and your ability to do different things and even problem solve is completely open. Yes. Free. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like I used to joke. So, you know, we owned this restaurant for like 14 years and it was pretty stressful. It was like a 300 seat restaurant bar, like wild place. And during, um, we went through in the, in the U S I don't know what happened in New Zealand, but in 2008, it was like the great recession. And there were yeah. several years of economic difficulties. And, um, and I remember like, I would sit down to do payroll or the profit and loss statement or bookkeeping or whatever, and be all stressed out and in a panic about money. And in this, like, survival yeah. state and then I'd be like okay we need to think of ideas to get people in here to have more fun like, <laughs> like okay I'm like the least fun person right now so yeah. how do I get myself in a better state for and just to to better problem solve in yes. that or or be yeah. more creative in mm. that so one of my other favorite just silly tools is do you ever watch um like carpool karaoke, James? Corday? <laughs> yes, yes, like I that, that. That's sort of my favorite thing. So it's like, you mm -hmm. know, you're having a rotten moment and and you're not trying to just like bypass the rotten moment, but you're ready to be done or you need to go access some some better feeling states for those problem solving. Like watch like three minutes of carpool karaoke. Like you'll be laughing, <laughs> singing, feeling better. You're like, okay. Yeah, or now cat I can videos. Go think up the I just want to throw in the cat videos. Cat videos, <laughs> right? The, the next level crazy cat lady that we know and love here mm -hmm. on the Brave AF podcast. But you're yeah. you're so right. Like go in, like I will scroll TikTok just for five minutes sometimes when yeah. I'm having a break and I will see comedians and cat videos. That's pretty much all yeah. I subscribe to. And it just uplifts me. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're like, okay, it does. okay. Now we'll work on mm -hmm. whatever the the thing is that I'm, that I'm trying to yeah. work through yeah. right now. Yeah. So oh, I love that. I wanted to share this with you. <laughs> I'm curious to hear how this would fit into like the positive psychology world. One thing I've started asking people this year is like when I'm having coffee with friends or catching up with someone, I think I might've done this with you when we caught up on zoom. It's like, how can I support you? How can I support you mm. and your goals and what you're working on? Like just anything, how can I support you? And I'm curious because like for me, the episode that comes out this week, so it'll mm -hmm. already be live when everyone's listening to this, is about the power of asking for help. 
Mm. And I think like one of my big lessons in last year was asking for help, which isn't something I was necessarily good at. And I think a lot of women maybe struggle with that, Mm. but then also to offer it with such genuine sincerity. Like I want to help you. Like, how can I support you? I'm curious about like some of the psychology behind that. Any thoughts? Yeah. So, well, the, the, the other founding um, guy of positive psychology, this, this, uh, he's deceased now, but his name is Chris Peterson, mm-hmm. psychologist. And he would say positive psychology can really, if you had to boil it down to three words, it's other people matter. Ooh. Our relationships in life are paramount to our well being. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they've even done studies these days of, you know, of comparing like how they predict life expectancy compared to um, smokers versus people who don't have like even just a few really genuinely fulfilling relationships and, and that it it matters. It matters to Mm. our health. There's so much good stuff that comes from the oxytocin. Um, There's the, you think of, the stress response that I ever talk, t- already talked about the the fight flight freeze, but what the way I teach it is like, well, you have other stress responses. There's tend and befriend. There's that piece of like, oh, how you know, if you're you're saying how could I when we were chatting, it was like just a fun positive conversation. But like your friend yesterday of like, how can I support you? Can I you know what what sort of just comfort can I give you in this moment of just being present? And it's, it's interesting because we think of stress as just really debilitating all the time. But one of the ways that it actually boosts our resiliency is when we lean into that, that tend and befriend response of mm-hmm. allowing others to help us yes. or helping other people. Yes. You know, that's a really important part that we, that we forget about. Oh, I love this so much because I remember this quote, I think it was Tony Robbins maybe, but it was something along the lines of we, hang on a moment, it's leaving my brain. (laughs) We only suffer when we focus on ourselves. It was something like that. We only Mm. suffer when we focus on ourselves. And it's super interesting when you think about like asking for help, because like when we're stressed and we could do with some help we think we don't want to burden other people or put pressure on them sometimes. But I think what we forget is there's such a gift in being able to help someone else. Like they'll be having their own things going on in their brain and for them to be able to help and support another human, mm-hmm. like that's yeah. such a good feeling thing for them to be able to do. So it's like a, you're giving them a gift. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yep, exactly. And it's so, it's so interesting, like with gratitude practices or some of these that, that the positive psychology, they refer to as these pro-social that make us like better humans to each other Mm -hmm. that, you know, when we, we, we didn't survive by living, you know, running from the lions on our own. (laughs) We lived in community. That's how we, how we did thrive. So our modern day life of like, oh, I'll just tough it out myself isn't actually how we are wired. And so that's why there are a lot of these health benefits to giving help, witnessing help, you know, asking for help. Like it's, we feel all 
warm and fuzzy. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And it's good for us. Yeah. Oh, I love this so much. Okay. I want to switch gears a little bit because when we caught up, you told me about this workshop that you were running called Thick Perfection. Is that right? Yes. Am I saying that right? <laughs> yes, you are. It sounds so cute with your accent I that I, I feel like such a crass American. Um, yes. So I call it Feck Perfection so that it's... <laughs> Sounds, you know, but that's, that's what the title is. It comes from this book called Beck Perfection by a graphic designer, um, who, artist who's well-known in the U.S. named James Victoria. And it's really about, uh, the book is about creativity and how to get out of perfectionism so that you can do the damn thing, like put your mm. art out into the world. And I loved, 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 loved it. I could definitely get caught up in my own perfectionism or my perfectionism. And, <laughs> um, you know, yeah. I like to call it like being flossom, like, like embracing your flaws <laughs> yes, yes. to be more awesome. Like those mm. are our connection points in life that, that if I show up here and I'm like, Zina, I'm just amazing. I have this, you know, wonderful life and everything's perfect. Yeah. And be like, okay, I don't want to be friends with her. Right. Like, yeah. like our vulnerabilities actually are these connection points mm -hmm. of making us real humans. So when I created the life feast, when I used to joke that like, I first started teaching photography to kids, um, like hmm. eight to 14 year olds. And I would tell, you know, any of them like, go take a picture of the ceiling or a crack in the sidewalk or all the weird things that I have people take pictures of. And they'd be so excited, especially the eight, nine year olds. So excited to show me what they, that's what your, your little guys are, right? Yep. Like they'd be so excited. They weren't self-conscious at all. Like, look at Lizzie, Lizzie, look, you know, let me show you this. And as you, as I would ask older teenagers or adults who were like, oh, I don't, well, I don't want to show you what I did. And it was, and I, so when I first started teaching the life feast and I had forgotten a little bit what it's like to be a beginner at something, I think I'd been a photographer for so long. And I was like, oh, people are going to love taking, you know, these mindful photographs that I, that I am talking them into taking. And, um, there, I noticed then, oh, wow, a lot of people are getting caught up in what looks good, what's good enough, all of that, and these stories that they had. And I was like, oh, I don't do this in photography, but I do this in so many other areas of life. I should, and I had the book and I was like, I'm going to teach a workshop on feck perfection mm -hmm. and getting out, you know, this cheeky way to get out of that perfectionistic mindset and people loved it and raved about it. And then I went on to give a talk to like 200 women on the, the flossom concept. And it's just, it's been my own work in the world. Mm. Uh, so I'll, I'll, and I, I'll I'm stop at the point. <laughs> <laughs> well, we could talk about this all day because that is like one of my biggest things. I'm constantly finding myself, Oh, I'm in perfectionism again. Like you know, just whether it's writing a post or sharing, so whatever it is, like it is continuous for me. So I really relate to this. It's something like I always say, I'm a recovering perfectionist. I'm always in it. And so many of the listeners relate to it as well. I'm curious in the 
life life is is there is your workshop in there Yes. Yeah, it is. It is. So oh. it's sort of intentionally like in the, in the original module. So the, the life East workshops are ongoing with, with speakers and new stuff every month, but the original like seven modules, the, the formula, if you will, the FEC formula, I had kind of put it right in the middle, like, like having people notice what I was asking of them with mindful photography mm. and then notice Maybe if they weren't sharing or weren't too, <laughs> were feeling yeah. reluctant and saying, hey, this might help. And then watching them get a lot more playful and comfortable yeah. as the as the the original course pro progressed. Yeah. But yes, it is. So and then and then I went on because you might say you're a recovering perfectionist. I would say I'm a relapsing perfectionist. Yeah. It's like I, more I relapse <laughs> all the time in, in that yeah. work. So I have other ones like how to talk back to your brain BS, how to mm. smack down your inner critic, um, the flossom one. Every time I find a new way or a new tool for to feck perfection, I mean, that is my fit. I wish I had come up with that phrase. Uh, like I said, a huge <laughs> I shout you out did. to <laughs> Um, but yeah, I'm always like, yep, we need to do this one again. Mm. <laughs> we need to. But you know, it's funny, like I have one, in one of the workshops, I have this funny graphic that like outlines the creative process. And I would say, you know, I used to design websites. I used to um, be a copywriter. Like I, I've had a lot of different creative endeavors. And anytime you sit down with the blank canvas of whatever it is, your business, your, you know, whatever you're creating, if you mm -hmm. will, but not in the, doesn't have to be art, you know, it'd be this process of like, the first step is like, oh, this is a great idea. I'm so excited about this. And then the second one is like, um, this might work. And then it's kind of like, oh, this isn't working. And then it's like, I, this sucks. And then you go to, <laughs> I suck. Yeah. <laughs> and then, after I suck, it's like, it takes no time to get from this is a great idea to I suck. And it takes a really long time to go from I suck to this might work again. Yeah. Oh, this is working. Oh, yay. I love how yeah. this turned out. And so I think that with any endeavor, when you're creating, whether it's a brave AF life or, you know, or a creative project, if you get it. I call it like the shame shutdown. If you get stuck in that I suck phase and you've gone that, that the shaming piece, like there's no getting out of it from, mm -hmm. from I suck. You have yeah. to flip your perspective. You have to change something in that to, to get to that broaden and build right yeah. state that, that upward spiral, more creative resources. So like with photography tools, what I say is, okay, so with photography to take an interesting photo, you're like, sometimes you want to get up close. Sometimes you want to get up high. Sometimes you want to get down low. Like you want to shift your perspective. There's no right perspective. Yeah. Just start changing it up mm -hmm. or start being more playful or curiosity gets you out of that perfection state. Mm. Oh, Does that, that make so sense? relatable. Yeah, that is so good because so many of the listeners here are solo women travelers. And I know from my own travel, I love to take pictures. 
And it is so much about like moving the camera, changing the angles, changing the positions, being curious. And, and that curiosity, that playfulness really leads to incredible photos or experiences or, or stumbling upon, you know, something you didn't know was there, whether it be street art or like a beautiful park or something different. So yeah, yeah totally relate to that. Yeah. yeah. And I love that. So, you know, I use it in a in a couple of different ways. So one way is that there's this beautiful um, Dorothea Lange quote, famous old photographer, and it's that the camera is an instrument that teaches us how to see without a camera. And that if you mm. are, if you learn the art of photography, smartphone photography, DSLR photography, film photography, any of them, like it's a practice of paying attention. It's paying attention to light. It's paying attention to shapes, patterns, colors. Like it's, it's honing your eye to see the interesting amidst a, a sea of, of sameness, right? Like say in your, in your regular life, your yeah. fresh eyes. And then yeah. on your, your travels as well, it's like a way to, um, look for, look for the good and the interesting, or if you're having just a stressful, a stressful day, right? Like I've used this, um, my, my husband was in this motorcycle wreck years ago, like about five years ago. And I had to drive my children three hours. He had to be helicoptered to a, a hospital in, in Denver, which was about three hours from our house. And I had to drive on this mountain pass with my kids. There wasn't room for us in the helicopter. And I'm like, freaking out. Right. And we're, we're in the car and I've got two little kids and I'm trying to calm them down. And I had spoken with a, a close friend before I'd gotten in the car. And she said, you've got three hours, like don't run off the road, <laughs> like, like take care of yourself yeah. in this moment. And she, I remember her saying like, look for the sunset, look for, look for the, like the good mm. along your, your drive. Don't just mm. sit there in the, in the panicked state. And I mean, it was just, it was a huge lifesaver for me to be like, oh yeah. And I'm already really good at this. I'm really practiced at, yeah. at this, at getting, taking these photo walks in these both, you know, I say it's like, photography can be this way to celebrate the good, but it can also be a way to um, get yourself out of a stress state. It can be a way to process what's what's going on. If it's difficult, it's it's a lot of different things. Um, I will say the other the other thing I don't want to forget within the the travel photography realm of like with your listeners, there's also this beautiful practice studies that they've done with awe and that when you're, actually looking for awe, like awe is this really underrated, incredible emotion. It actually lowers uh, markers of inflammation in your body. So I like to say like, wow, paying attention to a rainbow, like is good for your health. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, the more moments of awe in life is, is really beneficial to your emotional and physical well-being. And they would do like these everyday awe walks with studies of elderly people and um, who were struggling with aging and, and just a lot of life stuff. And as they were looking for these awe moments with their smartphone camera, they the, the ones who were just supposed to like take a picture or two on their walk had less of a positive response than the ones were like, look for these moments of awe, these little moments of awe. Mm -hmm. And then what was interesting too, is that they took 
they then were required to take a photo of themselves at the end of the walk, like to mm-hmm. do a selfie. And the people in the awe group versus the just take a photo of anything on your walk kind of um, control group, the awe group, they their selfies, like like there was a mountain in the background. They're, they were a much smaller um, representation in the photo, like, like they put the camera down and use the self timer. Right. And they got the whole scenery versus the arm selfie of like, here I am. And what they, what they did some additional research on was like, we really in our travels and these moments of awe, like you tap into like your bigger, your place in the universe of like, Oh, wow. I'm feeling this awe, like, things are in perspective, like all my little grievances in life or whatever shrink (laughs) my, I'm not overly identified with all those things when I'm in this moment of, of big Mm. picture awe. And I always like to say, like we went to Machu Picchu years ago and, um, and it was like the amount of photography in that setting was overwhelming. And you were like, Mm -hmm. okay, I think we just need to all look at Machu Picchu a little bit and be Mm. in, in awe of what's in front of us before we default to let me catalog this for, for my camera roll. Does that make sense? So it's like, we have the same outcome, but it's a different why or presence. Yeah. And I totally relate to the experience at at Machu Picchu. I had the exact same thing. It was like, couldn't get enough photos. And at one point I was like, wait, holy shit, I'm here. Yeah. (laughs) It was like, actually like just sit for a second and like, take it in. Like this has been years in the making. Like, wait a second. This is extraordinary. Yeah. I I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. I call those the, um, photos for your soul, right? Yeah. That like, so although I'm using the the camera in a way to teach people how to notice things in life, I'm also like, there are those times when you got to put it away or mm. or not, you know, or be present at first. Like we saw um, a Peter Frampton concert a few years ago and he was really funny. You know, he's a famous guitarist. He plays like 27 different guitars, legend. And he had, he had gotten in trouble for getting annoyed with his an audience member who was taking photos of him and he like grabbed their phone and apparently threw it and like broke it or something. And so when we went to my husband, and I went to the concert and he was like, so, okay. He tells us the story and he's like, and I have a new rule now. So you can take as many photos or videos as you want during the first three songs. And then after that, put your phones away and we're all having an experience together. Yes. And I was like, totally delighted the side of me that's like oh good because I wanted to get a picture (laughs) right and then and then also the side of me that was like oh yeah let's have this this moment of awe together Mm -hmm. like a a concert crowd is also a moment of awe just like Machu Picchu yeah and I can see how like the perfectionist in me is like oh no but I need to get another picture another video oh this is my favorite song like it's just it's it can be ongoing but I love that when you actually put it away it's the same at the beach like I live right next to the beach and if I take my phone I want to like get pictures and all of this but when I don't I notice how much more I settle into that or or when I'm more deliberate about putting my phone away and just being like holy shit like the listening to the waves and having my feet in the sand like wow like yeah yeah just, I, I love was thinking that about like even putting your feet in the grass like I literally did mm. that yesterday I had a five minutes between calls and I was like I just 
I just need to get out of the office. I went downstairs and put my feet in the grass and I was like, yeah, this feels good. Yeah. You're like, okay, my feet needed that. It's so snowy here. I'm like having, I'm daydreaming into feet in the grass and beach envy. I'm like, oh, that must be nice. I haven't seen the sun in a really long time, Zena. So hope you did enjoy your feet warmed up. Mine are in very thick socks right now. Um, I digress. Total opposite climate. I love it. Yeah. I mean, that's just a whole other different way to practice mindfulness and being in that moment and being in awe of life or putting it on your three good things, right? Like my feet were in the grass today. Yeah. That was a beautiful moment. Yeah. And just appreciating it. Like so often I, I just don't pause to appreciate even walking on the beach. Like I take it for granted all the time or I don't go for weeks. And as soon as I get there, I'm like, wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like you said, I can feel my body just like, if I'm stressed, if I'm worried, if I'm anxious, whatever, it just, it all just like lowers. It all just kind of, it takes yeah. it down. Yeah. Isn't it funny too? Like we might think like, oh, I don't have time to do that. Or I don't have time to send the two minute text to my friend or do the three good things or whatever. And you're like, it really doesn't take that much time. And it actually gives you more time. Like the days yes. that I just, especially in perfectionism or something, if I just like sit there slaving away at my computer. I'm like, I do, I do recognize like, this is going nowhere. (laughs) If I just get out of my surroundings for a little bit, like, like, um, there's actually even just moving your body for every, you know, every half 20 minutes to 30 minutes can increase your creativity. There's your, your BDNF in your brain. Mm -hmm. It's called your brain derived neurotrophic factor. And they say, it's like, to have miracle grow in, in New Zealand, like, like fertilizer for your brain. So it, that's just like a product name here of like (laughs) some toxic thing to spray on your grass for it to grow, grow. but it's, it's fertilizer for your, for your brain. And so if you're feeling like stagnant and stuck, then get up and move around and that increases the BDNF. It decreases the longer you sit. Like it doesn't even take very long for it to decrease. Mm -hmm. And, but it's funny, like we expect ourselves our perfectionism getting away. Like this isn't right. Just sit here and keep doing it, grind away. And then you're like, oh, you know, that's why I sort of have this sneaky, like go for that photo walk. Cause then, you know, or the grass walk or all walk or whatever that is to just, just change it up a little bit. And you'll be so surprised at what you can, what you can do that you couldn't do when you were just mm, grinding away. Yeah. And changing that like physical surroundings or physical perspective literally changes your mental perspective in the process. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a little novelty, a little. Yeah. Or pool karaoke if you can't go anywhere, you know, desk dance party. <laughs> yes. One of the things that you I've seen you um, put in a couple of places now, I know it's on your website and I think perhaps on socials is can iPhone photography, <laughs> hang on, can iPhone photography really make you happier? You got to tell me more about this because yeah. I can get into perfectionism here. I swear to God, I've got a million photos of my cats doing the same thing. and do they make you happy yeah they actually do I love scrolling that (laughs) right um so yeah there are there have been several studies around you know obviously smartphones can also make you stressed out and miserable Mm -hmm. right like Mm -hmm. so it's all in in how you use it and you know I I still have 
my texting and my emails and, you know, all the practical ways that I use my phone and maybe, you know, some indulgent social media pieces. But there's also like one of one of my favorite ways to use the smartphone. Um, well, let me backtrack for a second. I'll just explain the concept in positive psychology of savoring and mm -hmm. savoring goes along with that three good things or the, the, um, positivity ratio. It's, it's sort of that the nonstick pan thing. Like if you're, if you're savoring something, you're helping it stay with you longer. So we say that mindfulness is just, is being aware of, say like I have my tea, like, oh, like a tea, like, okay. Mm -hmm. I'm aware that it's warm. Um, it has caffeine, like that might be a mindful practice when I'm sipping it and savoring it, I'm layering in the appreciation. Like, oh, mm. I love that I was cold and it's warming me up or it's calming me down or um, whatever that appreciation mm. piece is. So photography is really made for so much of that, right? Like the nostalgia, the looking yeah. back, the savoring these moments that we might forget about in, in life and not just and I certainly have plenty of selfies too, but not just the like critical, oh God, I look old in this one, you know, yeah, the, the, in yeah. this selfie, but really like those meaningful moments in life. So mm -hmm. one of the practices that I do in the life feast is to have people pick a time period, like, um, you know, the last year of, of your life, or it could be a summer or a month, sometime that maybe feels difficult in your brain that you're, you've cataloged as, oh, this was a hard time. Like the 2020, you know, our, our first year of, of quarantine and difficulties, maybe yours came a little later, but, yeah. um, and then to, to, to use your camera roll in kind of this life audit way, like, okay, find one photo that makes you smile. One that made you feel adventurous. One of something new that you tried. Mm -hmm. um, one of your, that just makes you smile. One of something you're proud of. Something of your loved ones. And people will go through like 12 months that they had filed away in their brain as, oh, that was a shit year or that was a terrible time. Mm -hmm. And you go through and you go, oh my God, oh, that happened. Oh yeah, that was so fun. Oh, I'm so proud that I tried that. Mm. Oh, that was this adventure that I had. Here's where I was brave AF. Mm -hmm. And so, so it's, you, you remind yourself of all these beautiful things that, that happened. I also use it in this way of then saying, okay, so a year from now, like, what do you want on your camera roll? Like if you weren't brave this year or or there was like you're like I was brave AF that time and I want more of that like yeah. I want more photos of awe or of something new that I tried you know you could use it to to set some goals for the the future but it's also the other studies that they've done is really just how it can help us attend to what's good and pay attention to what's what's good not just I don't know a photo of a parking space you need to remember <laughs> or hotel room that's what I've used it yeah, yeah. a lot for and not getting caught up in that perfectionistic side you know yeah. or sending photos to other people that make them smile it's yes. this, you know beautiful connection yeah. practice yeah. on that 
Yeah, I love that idea, actually, sending like camera roll memories from, it could be years ago. I mean, my my camera roll's got like 30 something thousand photos It is, and it's from years ago as well. Like you could send pictures to friends of experiences that you shared or, you know, funny moments like that were captured. Yeah. yeah. Mm, and it's just fun. its own journaling practice, right? Yes. As you might think of, okay, your gratitude journal of the th- the three good things from your day. It's it's another way to really just attend your brain to what's what's good in life. What you know, mm. what makes you feel, um, give you that nostalgic, warm and fuzzies, or you know, yeah. oh, that makes me smile. That makes me happy. Makes me feel connected. As, oh, that's as, beautiful. Like, yeah. I love what I created. I'm proud. Yeah. As you're saying that too, like I'm thinking for myself, how often I scroll back through, but especially the favorites, like I've got favorite photos or memories, what have you. And I go through that very frequently, but it's not necessarily to actually pause and remember the moment or the joy mm-hmm. in it. Like I think of this one image where my partner and I were in Hawaii and we had this like really high up apartment and this gorgeous view over like all of the rooftops in the city and in the evenings and the lights would start to twinkle it was absolutely gorgeous and we would have dinner out there and a glass of wine and I've got so many photos of that and I I know when I scroll through and I see them I'm like oh yeah that was cool but when I actually pause and I think about it even just like relaying it to you now I'm like wow that was like magical and I so loved being there and I can like yeah it, yeah, ha- like it helps good. trigger all these memory pieces <laughs> where you can really yeah. relive the experience or recreate yeah. it, you know, in, in your mind. And it's interesting too, like if you were to do it with your partner of like, okay, you share with me what your seven photos from last year are of, mm. of trying something new adventurous and it's connection, connecting with someone else in this beautiful way. There was, I gave this, um, creative leadership workshop uh, two weeks ago. And one of the women reported that, that she had done this with her, all of her cousins and her grandparents. And that it was like, oh, it was this lovely way to, to see what everyone had been up to in, in life. So I love that piece of it too. I have teenagers, so so we got to get creative in how we, (laughs) how we use the smartphones too. I love that. Oh, I've loved this conversation so much. So I want to tell. Well, I'll I'll get the final caveat of really just like one of the ways that I really came into this work or identifying that this was a tool that, that I had used was like, we spend, it's like four and a half hours a day on our phones on Mm -hmm. average. And it's nine years of our life. Like that's a long, long time on average. And you can easily use your phone to constantly stay tethered to email, to your to-do list, mm-hmm. to all the things you have to do in in life, or sort of that digital junk food. I call it like the digital dopamine, like I'm just going to play games and zone yeah. out and scroll. Yeah. Rather than, you know, you can use it also to get yourself out of your comfort zone and be more mm-hmm. present and adventurous and, and playful and try something with really low stakes, right? Like it's just a yeah. photo. It's, we make yeah. a big deal about it. And you're like, it's not, it's just film used to be more expensive. It's a digital, <laughs> it, it just costs nothing to, you're taking a million pictures anyway. Uh, so I, I love that aspect of it too, that it's, yeah. it can, it can be this way to like use this little device that's already glued to the palm of our hand pretty much in a way that isn't just keeping us to 
all the things we have to do, the life maintenance and more of like the brave AF life, like yeah. the creative AF life, yeah. the, the feasty life as yeah. I call it. Yeah. Yes. Oh my God. I love this so much. And to speak to that, because I am in your membership in the life feast and I got to be honest, I'm pretty bad when it comes to watching videos, but I did watch <laughs> two of your videos and they were fucking awesome. I'm just going to say it. Like they were so valuable, but even just being oh, like, and now knowing that there's the, the thick perfection, which I always struggle to say, but I'm like, yes. I'm go find that. Because, I'll send you the link to it. Yes, please. Cause I really want to check that out. But like, I know being in that community, has just been really valuable. Like, and I get, I get such creative ideas every time. So there's not only have you got like the, all of the videos and like the membership kind of portal, I guess we can call it, but like being in the Facebook community, I get so many creative ideas with photography and I love it when other people share their pictures and just such unique perspectives and different ways of looking at life and nature and creativity in general, like it is so fun. I shared my own picture in there recently where I was in a restaurant and I took a photo of the ceiling and it was all of these like lit up like umbrellas kind of on it. the ceiling. And I was like, I would never have done this if I wasn't in your yes. group. Like it's the whole ceiling photo thing. And I yeah. was like, the ceiling selfie. Fun. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and it's so yeah. funny because like we spend so much, you know, for your listeners, like I'm looking down at my phone, like people, you see people crossing the street, like about yes. to get hit by a car. Like we're all just <laughs> staring down, you know, on any airplane, anywhere you are like, okay, we're just a whole world staring down at the yeah. floor now. And the ceiling selfie I love because it's like, looking up like physically gives you more optimism and it broadens yeah. your perspective and it can like architect architects go to great lengths to create these moments of awe and transcendence in churches in museums in yes. in a restaurant with cool umbrellas on the on the ceiling and you can there's so much joy and delight in just giving yourself this creative creative dopamine hit of taking yeah. the photo of the umbrellas. So it reminded me of, cause I had, when we had come back from Machu Picchu, we were in, we'd, you know, we'd had like whatever, a 12 hour long flight. And we were in the Houston airport for a long layover. Everyone was sleep deprived, cranky. And I remember I was like, I'm going to go for a little short photo walk, like in the Houston airport. And my husband was with the kids and I walked and I did a ceiling, like there were these cool lanterns, like red lanterns mm. in the Houston airport. And I think, yeah, the photo's like in that back corner, but it's one of my all-time favorites. And I like, oh, and there's another ceiling selfie that I did in Mexico. Like it's the, yeah. it's so much fun and it's just ridiculously joyful to yeah. see what's on the ceiling that you wouldn't have paid attention to that normally wouldn't be. Yeah, like I'm looking at my ceiling here in my office, little industrial with like drain pipes and things, but it's cool when you, yeah. when you take a picture. Yeah. Of it. Yeah. And so often, like you say, we don't think to look up. I remember there was one other picture in there where, and maybe this was one of yours, but it was like the reflection in, I think it was like a car, a car's wheel. And it was like, oh, yeah. it was like really shiny and somebody like taking a picture of it and it was the reflection back. And I was like, wow, that's kind of magical. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's so mine, cool. but um, lots of people have done it. Like I, yeah. I, one of my favorite exercises is like, I used to sit outside my daughter's dance class all the time. She can drive now, but you know, for years and years, the bane of my existence was like, I'm just a <laughs> mom who lives in her car driving my kids to really fun activities. And then I get to sit here 
and check my email, <laughs> right? Like <laughs> that's fun. Adulting is so fun in that context, right? I was like, no wonder kids want to just live in our basement because it doesn't look that exciting the way <laughs> we present it. Not the brave AF listeners. Obviously they're very adventurous and, <laughs> and doing wild things. But so I would take photos, like a little photo walk in my car, like rear view mirror mm. or in the car wash or any of those um, and so my girls and I actually were at a bowling alley and we'd gone bowling and there was this food truck outside and they had these really shiny hubcaps. And I was like, we, we do the, the reflection photos. Like you see a reflection yeah. somewhere and you're in the life feast, like stop, drop and take Picture. notice the reflection. <laughs> and again, it's just these different practices to get you kind of out of mm. everyday minutia and into some tiny little five minutes of creativity. Like you don't have yeah. to bust out the paint set. You don't have to carry a sewing machine around or whatever, or a ceramics wheel to be creative in the moment. Like you can do it on the fly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love this so much. So you've got to tell all the listeners, how can they find you? Where can they connect with you? All the things. Yes. I'm so excited <laughs> to connect with your listeners. So you can find me. So on Instagram, I'm at Lizzie Larocque and that's L-I-Z-Z-I-E, L-A-R-O-C-K. Uh, I post a lot of my own photo walks, positive psychology tips, all my, I don't know, all my just goofy life stuff. And then uh, my website is thelifefeast.com. And on there, I do have a the free photo walk challenge over 12,000 people have downloaded it. So I like to say like, there's, there's 12,000 people out there taking weird photos of their ceilings. So come be <laughs> one of them and download the guide and Do then we'll, we'll talk you into life feasting with, with me and Zena. Yeah. Come and hang out. It is so fun. Ah, oh. Thank you so much, Lizzie. And I will like link up to all of that in the show notes so everyone can find it super easy. But thank you. This has been so valuable. I have learned a lot. I'm excited to listen back and take some notes. And I want to go find that thick perfection. I, I need to watch that. <laughs> it's so it truly mm. is my my favorite module, I think. Yes. I I'm love excited. that. My Thank my goal will so be much. to get James Victoria on the on the life feast uh, soon. So uh, that I, keep me posted. That's just that's just my vision. So, but it'll happen. <laughs> it's on my camera roll. <laughs> what I it. want. <laughs> so right. great to talk to you, Zena. Thank, Thank you for you, having Z. me. I so appreciate it. Hey friends, if you want to hang out, come find me on Instagram. I love playing over there and sharing lots of little gems. Zena.jones.coach is where you will find me. Remember, Zena is spelt with an X. Also, you can check out my website, xenajones.com. And if you would like to explore coaching and working with me one-to-one, -one, then please do book in for a consult. I would love to chat with you.